today on the Word Preacher Podcast. The Old Testament foretelling the coming of Christ, modern prophets testifying of Christ, and individual preparation. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. Our Come Follow Me curriculum for this coming week uh, is a message about Easter. Um, One of the things that is absolutely worth looking at in the Individuals and Families Manual are a list of scriptures in the Old Testament and then corresponding scriptures in the New Testament discussing things that were foretold about Jesus and then the way in which specifically they were fulfilled. Now, we're going to go over these, but uh, it's absolutely worth spending your own time investigating this uh, and this concept further. Let's go ahead and read Zechariah 9.9. Zechariah. Uh, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon the colt of the foal of an ass. Okay, so of course the fulfillment of this prophecy uh, is recorded in the New Testament as Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem, but on the back of a donkey, of course, before he was betrayed and murdered. Um, But uh, at that point, during the day, people could recognize who he was. Um, Valuable prophecy that helps us recognize, oh yeah, Jesus really was that person that they should have been looking forward to. All right, let's go to chapter 11, verses 12 and 3. And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them into the potter in the house of the Lord. Okay, so this is very specific. Uh, The amount that Judas Iscariot received for helping the chief priests and their minions find Jesus at night away from public eyes so that they could have an illegal trial and execution. Later, he realized that he had done a very, very bad thing. He threw it out into a field. He ended up killing himself. It's very specific uh, how that was fulfilled, how this prophecy was fulfilled. Um, Okay, Isaiah 53.4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Uh, There's lots of stuff in Isaiah 53 that talks about Jesus, but uh, this plainly talking about the suffering of Jesus and his rejection by his own people. This was absolutely the fate of the Messiah. Um, Okay, Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. 
So, of course, the moment that that was fulfilled and involved confronting a leader that had no intention of helping him, and Jesus did before this particular leader remained silent. There are conversations that he had with the Sanhedrin, conversation with Pontius Pilate uh, in John that are very important, but uh, but there there was absolutely also a time when he remained silent and said nothing in his own defense. Um, okay, uh, Psalm twenty-two, sixteen. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. Of course, literally nailed to a cross, even the now perfected and resurrected Lord bears the marks where he was pierced as signs of the price that was paid, that he paid, in order to save us. All right, Psalm twenty-two, eighteen. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. This is exactly what happened. There was his, his garment. It had no seam, so they decided to gamble for it instead of ripping it apart. Uh, they, they took it from him, cast lots uh, to see who would claim it. All right, um, Psalm chapter 69, verse 21. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. On the cross they put vinegar on a sponge, put it on a stick, and lifted it up uh, to let him drink. There's argument about whether this was a mercy or a cruelty, which uh, I, I'm not going to give any uh, additional insight. You can look into that independently. Uh, the truth, though, the important element is that this was absolutely something that was prophesied and that occurred to the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, Psalm 118.22. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Now, Jesus famously uh, used this passage in a parable in which he described the servants of a lord who had a vineyard and let it out to husbandmen, skilled laborers um, who were supposed to take care of things and, and then deliver uh, according to a contract uh, of the fruit of the vineyard. When he sent his servants down to check on them or provide instruction, they repeatedly killed them and drove them off. And then at last he sent his own son, but the son was taken and murdered. Now, when the scribes explained the predictable outcome of these actions, that the vineyard would be taken away and those betrayers miserably destroyed, and he would let it out to other husbandmen, Jesus asked if they had not read that the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner, a reference to this very prophecy. Uh, of course, also later the apostles noted uh, that the stone that they rejected, Jesus Christ who they killed, had become the head of a corner, a new church uh, that was the kingdom of God on earth, the church of Jesus Christ. Now, it's significant that empires and kingdoms have risen and fallen since that time. But Jesus Christ truly is the head of a corner that has endured. 
Now, maybe the early Christians were killed and they separated. The foundation was disrupted based on apostasy, but that chief cornerstone endured. People, even in apostasy, recognize the importance of Jesus Christ, and he has become the most influential figure ever. Ever. Today, the foundation of what he laid is restored. A church built upon apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, who was rejected by ancient builders, is the chief cornerstone. All right, Isaiah 53, verses 9 and then 12. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Of course, he was killed between two other malefactors who spoke with him as he was on the cross. Even though he was innocent, others around him were not. All right, Isaiah 25, 8. He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. This prophecy is about how the Lord would triumph over the ancient curse of death. This is absolutely the subject of our study this week. This is the triumph of Easter. How Jesus Christ, even though he, he was killed, and no one had been able to come back themselves from the dead. He did. He alone could. And he did. All right, one more. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. This is important that we look at this. The, the promise of life after death is made available to all. The gift made possible by the Messiah who beat death itself to grant life in kingdoms of glory to the children of God. Now, it's true that some individuals will choose not to have everlasting life in the in the context of uh, the celestial kingdom and exaltation, but all will be brought to kingdoms of glory with, as uh, President Oak said, exceptions that are too few to really be concerned about. All right. Modern prophecies about Jesus Christ from our last general conference. Let's read a few of these quotes that talk about how important Jesus Christ still is, even after thousands of years. His, his life and death was foreseen, and now in hindsight, we can look back. He's still the central figure in everything. He is the most important. So this is from the prophet, President Nelson. 
Do the spiritual work to seek miracles. Prayerfully ask God to help you exercise that kind of faith. I promise that you can experience for yourself that Jesus Christ giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Few things will accelerate your spiritual momentum more than realizing the Lord is helping you to move a mountain in your life. All right, uh, this is from Elder Cook. No unhallowed—well, it's Joseph Smith, quoted by Elder Cook. No unhallowed hand can stop the work from progressing. Persecutions may rage, mobs may combine, armies may assemble, and calumny may defame. But the truth of God will go forth boldly, nobly, and independent. Until it has penetrated every continent, visited every clime, swept every country, and sounded in every ear. Till the purposes of God shall be accomplished, and the great Jehovah shall say, the work is done. Still working. All right, this is from President Iring. I bear you my solemn witness that the Lord Jesus Christ has given you the invitation, Come unto me. He invites you out of love for you and for those you love to come to him for peace in this life and eternal life in the world to come. In the end, his coming is inevitable. But preparation for it is not. Both ancient and modern prophets have pointed us toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he has always been, he is the source of all goodness, the one way to God. His invitations to us uh, are given through many means, of course, through the messages of prophets. Um, and part of the reason is because desire is fundamental to receiving the gifts that he offers. It's not the, the casual desire of, oh yeah, sure, I'd like to be able to play a musical instrument. It's having enough desire to practice every day, to obtain the gains necessary to do that. It's not the, I'll do anything to lose weight, except for diet and exercise. It's having enough desire to sacrifice short-term benefits or desirable feelings for longer-term goals. Salvation was purchased at a very high price. It must be accepted with careful actions and behaviors that demonstrate sufficient faith. Now, there are many people who think, oh yeah, heaven sounds nice, but not as much, it's not as important or as beneficial as advocating for my political views. And you can substitute that with other hobbies or activities that are prioritized above the greatest gift of God. Few, if any people, actually possess sufficient desire to qualify for the ultimate rewards of eternal life. But it's possible to change our desires. You don't always have to want the same things. In fact, it's possible for a bad man to become a good man, and a good man to become a better man. It's possible day by day to increase our ability to have sufficient desire. But this preparation 
cannot be done overnight. Today is the day to start. Pray to the Lord for help, not as a one-time event, but make prayer a pattern in your life. Search the scriptures daily for insights and examples that will help you recognize God and his prophets when you encounter their messages at various times and places. Live what you know how to live right uh, right now. Actively try to be more meek and grateful. Avoid circumstances that cause you to lose your righteous desires. Incorporate physical reminders of your ultimate goals into your habits, into the way that you uh, decorate your living area. Find ways to show what is most important so that you can maintain and develop the desire for what you truly want. In the end, as President Nelson said, the Lord loves effort and he is gracious and merciful to those who diligently seek him. He has sent modern prophets to speak messages designed to call the faithful to him. Be one of the faithful. His plan was not forged yesterday or the day before. The foundation was laid before the world was. And even scriptures from ancient times can help us understand the lasting and glorifying power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Uh, next week, we will be looking at Exodus 18 through 20, the Ten Commandments. Of course, with conference uh, having been done and with the scriptures on Easter, there is a ton for you to study uh, individually and with your family for this coming week. Please do so. And of course, as always, fight on.